This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. If you remember, yesterday we talked about it. Black Lives Matter tweeted on Juneteenth, reparations now. Remember that, Bernie? I certainly do, Lydia, very clearly. Okay, well, now a city in Illinois, Evanston, is doing just that. It's the first city in the nation to begin distributing tens of thousands of dollars to any black person that is a direct descendant of someone who suffered discrimination, specifically housing discrimination for being a black person. The money can only be used towards mortgages or home repairs in an effort to close the wage gap, uh, the wealth gap, because Apparently, across the country, white people make six times more than a black person. So each household gets about $25,000. The first woman, so you'll hear from, is from First Repair. It's an organization. She's leading the charge to have reparations throughout the country in cities like Los Angeles to Boston to New York City. She wants black people to to get, she says, because they've, they've suffered so much at the hands of white people. And then the second woman you'll hear from is a woman who received reparations. Take a listen. The United States has uh, harmed the black community uh, for 403 years, eras of terror and harms. And so repair is necessary. Equity has not been enough. It's kind of a way of an apology or admitting we've been wrong in the past. It doesn't wipe away mm-hmm. what my ancestors had to go through, but, you know, it doesn't hurt. Okay, so how uh, is it fair that uh, my mother and father came here on a boat in the 50s and uh, we had nothing to do with slavery whatsoever? How, how do we, how do we dis- and, and Mr. Katsimatidis, a Greek immigrant, nothing to do with slavery. Well, the How Greeks we dis- were under slavery from the Turkish Empire for 400 yeah, years. Exactly. I think we should have a class action suit against the Turkish Empire. Uh, see, exactly. <laughs> How so, far it, is that going to get us? It, well, but the, but the point is well taken. In other words, it leads yes. to uh, it, it, these dark areas. It doesn't make sense, in other words. It's not fair to people who had nothing to do with slavery. And plus... Uh, you have uh, to, to assign the troubles of the black community all to slavery today is to make a mistake because look at the uh, Asian community that comes here, impoverished, they don't speak the language, and uh, yet they succeed wildly. You can make it in America if you try. Anybody can make it. There's, and th- th- you're th- absolutely right, uh, Bernie, because if you work hard, you know, if you work hard, you know what I did last night. I was at uh, I, I also at a reception before I went to the uh, uh, congresswoman's uh, dinner, and I met I met uh, a guy that was a waiter with my father when he was a busboy at Longchamp's restaurant, oh and, and and I interviewed him, and I have about a minute worth of interview. He says your father was sixty five years. He worked at Longchamp's, the corner of 42nd Street and Lexington Avenue. And wow. Bernie, every time I drive by 42nd Street and Lexington Avenue when, when Longchamps was there, I, had te- I, have, I still have tears in my wow. eyes. And Amazing. you know what he said to me? He says, your father was 65 years old. He would carry, tw- we had a second floor uh, uh, reception area. He would carry 20 plates at the same time up to the second floor reception area. Yes. He worked seven days exactly. a week to make sure his family had food on the table. Seven days a week. 
And uh, that's what, what the work, work ethic is. Now, I got a sidebar. You ready for this one? Sure. The owner of Longchamp's restaurant was Jan Mitchell. He owned like 30 Longchamp's restaurants and Luch House. Well, the son of a busboy, I live in the condo in which Jan Mitchell, the owner of Longchamp's, was at. The son of a busboy moving in the Fifth Avenue condo of my father's boss, the son look of a busboy. Look at that. No kidding. They, you know, that is a great story, an excellent oh story, oh. an excellent uh, an, an anecdotal story of uh, work ethic in this country. Again, uh, immigrants do it all the time. They come here. They're, uh, again, uh, as I said, impoverished. I remember going with my mom. She was a cleaning lady in the Daily News building. That's why I wanted to be a reporter. I know it sounds crazy. She worked in the – she she cleaned up for the Daily News. And I would the Daily being Planet like, building. Yes, yes. Exactly. And I was Superman. like seven years old. And, you know, she has that same they, – they wear the same blue uniform, by the way, that's buttoned down that you see. And she, was, she would push the, uh, you know, the garbage and – and I would be that little kid that was with her and help her, you know, and I would, you know, hold on to the garbage and I would take the subway, the D train down with her. And, you know, I remember thinking to myself, like, I, I'm, you know, she would tell me, you don't, you, if you just work hard, you do well in school, then you won't have to scrub toilets and vacuum like I do. So she says, I have to do this because I came here with nothing, but you have everything because you are going to have an education. So even though my mom had no education, so I feel like these handouts, we're actually pushing people down. That's why people that end up in housing projects, they never get out of the housing projects. There's no incentive to get out. There's We don't incentivize success. We incentivize people to be poor and to not work and to not you know, succeed and take every advantage of what we have in this country. That That's what's troublesome here. The well, more what, kids you have out of wedlock, the more money you get from the government. That's not how it should be. You should get money if you finish that's college. That's a different kind of slavery. You know that. I agree. You know, that's 100%. a different kind of slavery, keeping people enslaved and say, vote for me. I'll, I'll give you more money for free. Indeed. Right? It's Indeed. a different kind of plantation versus pick and cut and they're there in the housing projects in these dilapidated areas, you know, and if we just incentivize success, if we said, you know, if you finish this class, if you do this, if you do that, if you finish this program, then you can get the apartment or then you can get this or that. Instead, it, they're they're almost afraid to do well because they don't want to lose the free housing. They don't want to lose the welfare. So then that's why they resort to kind of cash only businesses. It's a whole kind of racket going on. Sure. Here. And this is what's going on in Albany, uh, Lydia, because uh, if you don't do what the speaker of the assembly tells you, and if you don't do what the uh, uh, the head of the state senate tells you, which uh, you know what you, you know what you get for your district. Nothing. How do you say bupkis? Yeah, right. squat. Uh, I, I, yeah. Can I quote Greek? Skata. Yeah. Skata. That, that's what you get. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm not sure you could say that, you know, if you translate uh -oh. it. If you translate it, you know. It, it means doo-doo. Doo-doo. It means doo-doo. It, it means, uh, yeah, go, you know, yeah, crap is what you get. But uh, look, it, the, the, the 60s Where's policies. Where's that other one? That's, that's a lot of, you have that a, other a button? Lot of, the other button, go ahead. Uh, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to tell no, you. No, 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 full of crap. You're full, full of crap. crap. Full of crap. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly what it is. And, and it was the policies of the 1960s. The government replaced the father in a lot of families and in the black family. And that's what's killing uh, the black family 70%, today. 70% uh, of the uh, inner city kids, the, the black kids in the, in the inner city, 
Seventy percent of one uh, parent families, and that's that's it's a disaster. It's hurting those kids. That's why I worked yes. so hard for Police Athletic League, trying to help those kids. And then, they, and then you the do... kid that died, the 21-year-old, Darius Lee, we're now finding out, the one that was killed in that shootout in Harlem on Juneteenth, he was a standout college star, and he was an innocent bystander, and it was a gang shooting. I'm tired of the media calling it mass shootings because they're trying to make it sound like, like it was Buffalo. We have to call it what it is. This, these are gang shootings. They're involved with drugs. That's their black on black crime. This is the uncomfortable truth. And until we address, like Kamala Harris, Bernie, you said it, address the root cause of the problem, we are never going to solve it. And let's go. Let's call a, a spade a spade. The the assembly, the assembly in in, in uh, Albany and the and the state senate, they're killing those black kids in the That's inner right. cities. Okay, they are. You you want to call them killers? Let's call call them killers because one way or another, we got to tell the truth. I like it exactly right, and that's what I wish Mayor Adams would do. He he's on the the same page. He's on the same page, but uh, he doesn't. He, he doesn't, wants to do the right thing. But he's he got a name, and he needs your help and my help. He needs all our help, and we'll give him that help. But he's got a name and shame. These people, they they, they have a direct responsibility. Well, after the primary, we're going to start naming names. I like it. I like what I hear. We oh, that's had, um, Bernie and Sid, I mean, Bernie, we have a John Katzmatidi show, 5 o'clock tonight. Yesterday we had on Reverend Cockfield, who's actually, in addition to Mayor Adams, he's one of his top advisors, and he's mad as hell. And I he heard was that. saying, this is ridiculous. He, he's, he's like, we, we need to stop doing this. We need common sense. And then I, I said to him, how do you feel? How do we get some common sense into the thick skull of these radical leftists like AOC? He said, I don't think they want common sense. So they're sick and tired of it. He also said that members of the black community, they are also, they're pro-family, pro-hard work. They are pro-life. They are sick and tired of the crime. And the Democrats are using them. They're using them. And like John said, it's an institutionalized type of slavery. And it's it's not it's not right anymore. They're the ones getting hurt the most in all of these these regressive policies. The very people they're claiming to protect are the ones that they are hurting the most. And I'm sick and tired of it. We want our city back. And black people deserve a chance to live in, in peace and be able to go to school. But they're not going to. And if they, if they're, they're converting. Get caught in a and, and Lydia, they're no longer. Uh, with the a lot of them with the Democratic Party, and because look, I was a Democrat at one time. I was a Bill Clinton Democrat. I still love the guy. You know, he, has he made mistakes? Yes, but he was one smart guy, and our country was well off. He worked well with Newt Gingrich, etc. But the the Asian people, the black people, the uh, uh, Latino people, the Hispanic community is mad as hell. Yeah, that, that guy was terrific on your program last night on Cats uh, at Night, that reverend. And he speaks for the black community, as you say, and other minority communities who are mad as hell. Lydia, another great segment. Thank you for that. We'll see you tonight on Cats at Night at 5 o'clock on 77 WABC, right? That's it. Five o'clock, Cats at Night. You never know. We'll probably have uh, Professor Dershowitz on, a constitutional expert, and uh, the main players from all around the world, not just the country, the world. In jo- Like John says, even the solar system, we get the truth out. Truth and nothing but the truth, so help us, God. Cats at Night, five o'clock. You don't want to miss it. Well said. Lydia Serrano and the Bernie and Sid Show.